Welcome to our Wednesday live event. Of course, uh, this event is from the Encouragers, Encouragers on the Clubhouse app. We call this event Innovation in Audio. And if you believe in the power of audio, if you believe in the power of innovation, if you're interested in audio and what it can do for you now or in the future, this event is for you. This is also a time that you can ping others in who love innovation into this room about innovation and audio. You can do that on your smartphone in the app before we get started with the interviews that are coming up. This is also a good time as any to tell you that we are recording this live event for inclusion in our podcast we're about to launch called the Encouragers Podcast. More details are forthcoming on that, but I can tell you that a big thank you goes out to Joe Kelly, justjoeproductions.com for doing tonight's test run. Again, this live event is likely to be the first episode in our podcast called The Encouragers Podcast. My name is Lloyd Ford. I am a strategic branding consultant with Rainmaker Pathway Consulting Works. Our local radio clients talk about the difference our music lab and our morning show fame development coaching make for them directly in terms of ratings and revenue. We do everything from the best music safe lists in the business to voice tracking, voice trackers, or promotions and sales ideas that turn themselves into pure revenue for your team. If you know somebody who has challenges with ratings or revenue, and uh, maybe you just know somebody that needs to tune up, introduce us, we'll be glad to help. Our official group on Clubhouse is called The Encouragers. Our purpose is to encourage anyone working at any level in the business of audio today to help you get ahead. We want to do this by encouraging you with what we believe in, which is innovation. For a few months, we've been doing our Monday live events called the Radio Rally. As you know, this one, the um, our innovation uh, event is a newer event. This coming Monday, we are welcoming our Chicago to Atlanta Connection event. Jimmy Steele will be with us. He's the VP brand and content leader with 101.9 The Mix and 100.3 WSHE in Chicago with Hubbard Radio. Also joining him on stage will be Angie Ward, who is the assistant program director of WUBL 94.9 The Bull in Atlanta and on air with iHeartRadio pretty much everywhere. Make plans to join us now on Monday, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific for some great insight from both of these radio pros. As you can probably guess, our innovation in audio, our Wednesday event, broadens our approach to audio itself, and it really focuses in on innovation. If you're in radio in any form or podcasting in any form or anything that utilizes audio, this event was created just for you. Innovation in audio was designed by Skip Dillard. If you have uh, been listening to this event, or maybe if you've not been listening to this event before, uh, you know, we have had a lot of discussions about the future of audio, how this space known as audio has somehow been freshly rediscovered by a wider variety of people. And of course, certainly there is more talk about audio than at any time in recent history now. With innovation in audio, we actually uh, generally have one person deeply rooted in the radio industry and someone who is an expert in innovation who may or may not have a direct connection to the radio industry or even audio itself. We are bringing in an outside perspective on purpose because we are most interested in true innovation and what it takes 
to get there is, of course, going beyond the usual suspects and finding others who are truly having the experiences of creating environments of change, focus on the future, and people who handle innovation itself. Tonight's guests include two pretty amazing guests. First, we have Jen Lee, who is the head of technical innovation at Audible, and Otis Osho, of Osho Media in Atlanta, Georgia. Before we get started with tonight's guest, let me give you a little bit of a glimpse of what is coming up in the coming weeks on innovation and audio. On Wednesday, June 30th, Phil Garini will be with us. He is the CEO of the Jonas Group and has a, a steep background actually with Disney as well. Also, on the same date, we're going to have Scott Fisher from Scott Fisher Productions, and that's going to be pretty productive between those two gentlemen and what they know about their businesses. On Wednesday, June 7th, Steve Caldwell will be with us. He's a PhD, professional coach, consultant, author, speaker, and he might not like me saying this, but I certainly will say it. He also is a disruptor. And so you're if you want to know about disruption, how disruption uh, is taken into businesses and how you can be a disruptor. He is a great source for that kind of information. Also on Wednesday, July 21st, we have uh, Sharina Rice, who is the co-founder and chief scientific officer of Intivo. We already have scheduled many more upcoming guests, and you will find them anytime 24-7 at RainmakerPathway.com because... We update our guest calendar with radio, audio, and innovation guests as we add them to our schedule. That website, RainmakerPathway.com, is also the place where you can find our twin series focused on encouragement and free resources for you, the Encouraging Sales Success Series for local radio sellers and the More Than Live and Local series, which of course is absolutely designed to help program directors, ops managers, market managers, promotions directors, and talent of all kind. We are here to encourage you. We don't lock away anything on our website because we do believe in the theory of abundance, which means that we know that if you really need help, you'll reach out to us for our authentic services to help move your business forward. A quick note before we get started with our guest, uh, during this live event and during the interviews you're about to hear, you may think of a question to ask more one or more of our guests. We encourage you to ask questions. Of course, here is the actual process for doing that. And we ask you to follow this. Please hit the button below on your phone or device that raises your hand on the Clubhouse app. You can recognize it by the hand that's down there. We will bring you up on the stage, but we ask that you mute your microphone when you're brought up on stage. And the reason we do that is because it's important for the integrity of sound on Clubhouse. If you don't mute your mic, we will have to send you back down to the audience to try again. We will address you directly by name during the questions after the guest interview. So let's jump right in. Our first guest is the head of technical innovation at Audible. Our guest is somebody who not only works at a, in a very unique job at, with Audible, but she has had multiple promotions within that company. She uh, also was the manager of four teams of engineers responsible for Audible's voice experience on existing and new Alexa-enabled devices. She has an interesting professional background. It would be uh, steeply interesting to anyone who is interested in, in um, innovation. And, oh, get this. Her favorite classes at Boston College, well, they included quantitative methods of finance, database programming, and mobile technologies. Jen Lee, please welcome to Innovation and Audio. 
Thank you, Lloyd. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, we sure, certainly appreciate you making time to be with us on Innovation Audio. The first question I have for you is, is simply this. Whose idea was it to have a head of technical innovation at Audible? And do you know where that idea originated from? Sure. We um, Last year, we... Uh, have a new had a new CTO, a chief technology officer, and you know with, with any every new leader, you know they implement changes. And historically, we'd had an R and D team, but nobody really owned org wide technical innovation. Um, owned meaning nobody was really accountable for it, for driving it, etc. So you know tech innovation is specifically around harnessing the power of the entire technical organization, not just you know an R and D team, and being able to drive that innovation and then measure the results uh, that come out of that in innovation. And obviously innovation is hard, it's ambiguous. You know, one of my first questions was how do you influence innovation at scale and how do you measure it at scale? Um, and you know, we, we dedicated a fair amount of time to innovation as most organizations do. Um, and so hunting down and tracking all of that innovation and figuring out how we could you know, best use our resources was a big problem that needed to be solved. And I was looking for a big challenge. So I, uh, I raised my hand and said, you know, I'll take that. That sounds like a fun challenge. And you know, uh, it's I been just, fun. <laughs> I just looked at you a little bit, uh, you know, in kind of the trail of your accomplishments. And man, you really are somebody who reaches out and learns new things and, and gets on board with challenges. And boy, innovation, in my opinion, it's the biggest challenge. It also might be the most exciting job where you work. It is so exciting. In fact, uh, one of the first projects that I worked on, um, which is a little bit, might be a little bit ironic, uh, coming from an audiobook company, was a project we call Audible Live, and it was uh, bringing content to our, you know, to our listening community in a new and innovative way that involved video. So, you know, my first project in innovation at an audio company was to bring video like, you know, behind the scenes, behind the story interviews with our content creators or our, our narrators. Uh, and that was really exciting. In about maybe six weeks, we brought live video across all of our different surfaces, you know, Android, iOS, web, um, even our Alexa surfaces, the ability to, you know, watch and engage in, in more content. Well, and, and I got to tell you, that has to be pretty, um, talk about being responsible and being accountable and, and being the person that drives that innovation. Those visuals have to be really interesting. It was, it was a challenge, um, you know, working with totally new teams, uh, working with the, the audiovisual team and our content creators and getting people on camera, especially during a pandemic, right? When we, we couldn't even be in the studio. Oh, so, yeah. you know, relying on people's home internet bandwidth for, for streaming video, that was, uh, it was a super fun challenge to, to solve. I have to admit, it's probably been one of my favorite projects that I've worked on. And I got to tell you, you know, you just don't think about that kind of stuff. But I remember watching the Today Show, which is a pretty big deal, struggle with the technology of what people had going on at home, even their own team, right? Yeah, we, we figured it out real fast that uh, sometimes you need to ship things, right, to people to make sure that they've got exactly what, what you need them to have to, you know, produce something that is almost as good as hopefully as what you could have done in the studio.
hundred percent. In any organization, change, innovation, adjustment can be met with challenges. You've already kind of talked about that a little bit. You touched on that, but some of these challenges can be organic in the business. It can be part of, I don't know what you call institution or institutionalization, and it can be slowed by the very success of an organization itself. What is your role at, in specifically overcoming these kinds of challenges at Audible? Because y'all have been really successful in a lot of ways with with people. Yeah, and you know, you're right. With a large company, it's it's hard to move really fast. And especially with such a large organization, finding all of these great ideas and surfacing, you know, the greatest of great ideas so you can put more power behind it to you know, make it a reality was uh, was a big challenge for me and something that I did that you know I thought was fairly innovative is you know process innovation how do you implement processes to help you know your 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 people your teams focus on the right problems to solve and the right problems are usually what's best for the customer, right? Uh, and innovation is only an innovation if a customer says it's an innovation, if they adopt it, if they, you know, they vote with their time, with their money. Um, so there's a really great book I can recommend for anyone attacking such a large uh, project is, it's called Think Like a Rocket Scientist by Ozan mm -hmm. Verrill. And uh, the, it's all about, you know, first principles, what problem are you trying to solve? Um, and sometimes it isn't what you think. Wow, so true. And I look, whenever I have somebody that's on one of our live events and they start talking about process first, I know I got a really smart person on the line. <laughs> so it's always that's always exciting for me. I told you it was a little intimidating. Uh, this is why, because you start right at this right at the uh, rocket science level. We'll just go with the book there, right? <laughs> it's a great book. <laughs> Well, listen, with your background in software, this is a challenging question for me because because it interests me on a lot of different levels. So you got this background in software. You do you find these things, you know, change and innovation, creating innovation, challenging with professionals who are dealing with software or or because of where they are, because of the work that they do, it, are they actually more open to change than other teams that you've worked on? Great question. Change is hard, right? Um, but, you know, software folks are unique in that they're makers. And in tech, we're tinkerers by nature. We want to innovate. You know, sometimes it's easier to build something new that's exciting than it is to, you know, write a document to explain something or, you know, to work as, on the business as usual stuff. Um, so, and I'm, I'm sure when you think like innovation, you're thinking, well, what's the next clubhouse? But you know, innovation, especially tech innovation, includes solving all sorts of problems from end to end to the customer. So you know, harnessing that energy and desire to innovate is hard. But you know, channeling it towards the problems your business is trying to solve was, I think, in software the hardest the hardest part. Boy, I tell you, that's really true. And every time you say you know, uh, innovation is hard. I think about Elon Musk talking about space is hard. And I'm sorry, I think, you know what, this might be the only other subject that is equally as hard as space, right? Change is really hard for people. Change is really hard. And especially when you have a lot of change going on and, you know, in, in especially thinking even here in, in Clubhouse, like there's a lot of stuff going on and, and finding out, you know, what's the good stuff 
is right. hard and then surfacing it to the top. Right, right, totally true. And and listen, you see so much attention coming directly to the audio space now. And and there you sit. You're the you're the the chief technical officer for innovation, right? You're the head of technical innovation at Audible. There you sit. Where where do you see the future of audio going? Whew, that's kind of what keeps me up at night, right? Yeah. <laughs> so so many variables like how you listen when you listen why you listen you know are you in the car are you wearing headphones are you at home uh do you have one speaker do you have many speakers are you in a public space or a private space you know is audio kid friendly does production value matter like all of these questions are really key drivers in where audio could be going in the future right any one of these oh, could yeah. be a different branch how about um, this? How about this one? How about I, I would be curious to know if you think about this one. Uh, what about length of audio? How long do people want to listen? That's great. And I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, where you are, what your purpose is. You know, why are you listening? Are you um, are you on a plane and trying to block out? you know, everything that's going on around you? Or, right. you know, are you waiting for your kid to get out of, you know, ballet practice so you have a little time to kill? Uh, are you in a car on a long drive? Are you trying to go to sleep? Um, or are you trying to learn something? So the, the why is a critical driver. And that's where really understanding the problem that your customer is facing is really important when you're trying to be innovative in anything, really. Yeah, just hearing you talk, I bet you the word why is something that you focus on so much you can see it in your sleep, right? Uh, I think as a child, my poor parents, I, I, I was the why kid. Why are we doing this? Why is this? Why? Um, Not... And I guess it kind of is how I ended up in tech, right? How does that work? Yeah. Why does that work like that? That shouldn't work like that. <laughs> wow. All right. So what do you see as the number one challenge to innovation at Audible and perhaps to the influence of audio in general? What's, what's the big hang up? Mm, that's, I mean, it's, it's a good question because I, I feel like we're doing a lot of really innovative stuff. Um, you know, our, our content, you know, having our own uh, Audible originals, our own studios gives us the flexibility to be innovative with content. And, you know, content is king, really, when it comes to audio. Uh, you only have so much time in a day to spend on entertainment or, or you know, education or whatnot. So the content has to be really, really good. And, you know, we've, we've done a lot of stuff during the pandemic, people were facing challenges with like sleep, right? Everyone's stressed out. So, you know, we, we launched a sleep series. Um, we innovating in how we produce our content such that, you know, we have words and music combining, you know, the story behind the story and then having music within that, I think is something that was very innovative for us as well as, you know, last last year, I think it was, or the year before we released uh, Neil Gaiman's Sandman, which was super innovative in audio. If you if you close your eyes, you can imagine being in almost like a movie theater and, and seeing, you know, this, this comic book character come to life. You know, and a lot of, I think, other things that are happening in the industry, like hardware. Hardware is doing some catch-up right now because audio on open-air speakers has been, you know, the norm for so long. And headphones were like, you know, you, you get either your super, super high-end over-the-ear headphones or your, you know, cheap, you know, earbuds. But now the headphones themselves, I think, you know, especially with the Apple AirPods and, and all of the cool technologies that are happening there, I think, you know, are really changing what we can do with audio. Wow. 
And so you really have innovation mixed with imagination. And the imagination doesn't have to be yours. It can be in the ear of the listener. I love how much you talk about customer, customer, customer. I think anybody would want that in their innovation officer, right? I would hope so. <laughs> right. So so look, clearly you see the rise of Clubhouse. It's so interesting, right? And and how do you think audio will stack up as a social media with all the visual social media? And how do you try to use visual social media at Audible? You kind of touched on that a little bit, but I want to hear more about that. Yeah, so it, it's interesting because so for the first three years at Audible, I worked on a voice forward you know, surface on the Alexa devices. And audio only is challenging in that, you know, a lot of the way that we interact as humans, we rely on a video component to, to discover, et cetera. So I think, you know, audio in and of itself still needs to rely a little bit on, you know, the visual world, especially, you know, for certain discovery. And I think there's a lot more that we need to do in, you know, search and discovery. Um, platforms like this are fantastic because it allows, you know, accessibility for, you know, new creators. The the challenge is, you know, how do those new creators really get discovered and, and really showcase all that they can do with this sea of, of audio that's out there? So, you know, social media, I think the challenge is still like cutting through the noise and that's a funny pun i guess right <laughs> no it's exactly right though right and and i find this interesting because uh i i've done a lot of reading about in particular netflix um amazon uh disney plus and their challenges on their platforms of having so much content that they have to come up with ways to sort of curate it for people because otherwise they get lost and then they get disinterested and then they fall away. Exactly. The recommendation engines are are critical to helping people find the content they like. I mean, think back when we had cable TV. I remember when the cable box had physical buttons on it. Like you only had right. so many choices. Um, and with restricted options, it was so much easier to choose. But you know, then all of these premium channels that cost more on cable now have their own streaming services so you know it's you, ha you kind of have to look to those industries to see like what's working in those industries and how do we translate it to you know other industries we, we recently went to an all you can listen model at audible as well you know similar to what a lot of these video streaming services i are saw doing. that that's really yep. interesting yeah it's great <laughs> right right and and you find that people really take to that pretty they binge um, yeah, they definitely binge and, you know, having more content available to them, uh, is, is, is key, especially when they're, they're craving good content. And so all, all of our audible originals, you know, are accessible and really good quality as well as our third party content and podcasts. We recently pulled in podcasts as well. Wow. Yeah, I saw that too, actually. Uh, one of the things that I read about you says, and I quote, binge-worthy audiobooks, exclusive podcast, exclusive podcast, Jen. Okay, that's cool. Uh, and Audible Originals. That It says over 500,000 audio titles, correct? So that includes our originals as well as our third-party content? Yeah. For sure. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that's okay. a lot of content, right? Something well, for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it definitely creates a challenge in terms of how do you, how does somebody figure out what they want, you know, especially if they have an all-you-can-eat choice, right? 
Yeah, so, I mean, I think back to like podcasts. I, I was probably a, a very late adopter to podcasts because hmm. it was like information overload. I didn't know which ones to to choose, and you know, when I when I chose some, I wasn't really that excited. And the two two that are my favorite and probably the, the ones that I listen to most now came from referrals from people that I trust, and I'll really? I'll plug them. Why not, right? Yeah, Business right. Wars and imaginary worlds. I love them and i what i love about them is you know it's content that's really interesting to me but it's also you know they have high production value it's like i'm a story girl i want to listen to stories so you know both of these i thought were really great and i never would have found them on my own all right slow your roll a bit i'm, I'm going to get you to repeat both names slowly to us right quick <laughs> sure business wars uh, which pits two businesses against each other and they do like a dramat dramatization of the storyline you know historically like on uh, Nintendo versus uh, Sony or, you know, two different businesses and yeah. how they kind of played out over time. Netflix versus, um, I forget what the other one was. Um, it's, it's a really great podcast. And the other one is Imaginary Worlds. And they take you into this, you know, the story behind the story, whether it's, you know, Star Trek or Star Wars or anything you want to geek out about in the, in the nerd fandoms. I constantly try to talk to clients, especially talent, about how we're hardwired for stories. And certainly you must talk about that at Audible because you're you're all stories, right? We're storytellers. Absolutely. I mean, that's you, you go back to the beginning of time and, and that's how information was conveyed, you know, through stories. Okay. So you may not be expecting this question, but we like to talk about mentors and being a mentor on this program because we feel like Nobody really accomplishes anything by themselves. You want to accomplish something really amazing. You do that with a team of people. Do you have a mentor or do you mentor people or would you like to answer both? That's a great question. I don't have a mentor, but I do uh, agree that you can't accomplish as much as you'd like by yourself. So I do have people, you know, that I collaborate with, you know, on a regular basis to help in that respect. Um, and I have, you know, I, I do have a team that I work with and I like to think that, you know, I'm not just a manager, I'm a mentor for them as well. So um, yes, both both directions are so important. Boy, I gotta tell you with that job that you have, uh, I'm sure that a ton of people would like to be mentored by you, no question. So I got a final question for you and uh, we'll call this the final question round for you. It really isn't because we're gonna ask you if you will to stick around and people may have questions from our audience after the second interview. But let me just say this, thinking about yourself when you were 20 years old, okay? Or thinking about somebody listening to this event live right now, or somebody on the podcast when it becomes a podcast, can you share one piece of advice about helping create an environment for innovation with other people? Absolutely. And you're going to think I sound like a broken record here, but uh, be a problem hunter and then focus on the problems, the customer's problems, you know, look at them from every direction. If you spend more time studying problems and coming up with solutions, then you're more apt to innovate, you know, looking at other industries. It might not even be a similar industry to yours, but look at some of the innovations in those industries and saying to yourself, you know, would this work in my industry you know tinker a lot the more you tinker the better you understand what works what doesn't work whether you're a creator a producer an app developer marketing uh pretty much anyone anywhere i think can become better at innovating by by becoming a problem hunter and and just messing around with stuff i know that i said this and i know that i'll regret that i did this but maybe i won't uh 
people who cannot see this, the people that will be listening to a podcast later, uh, on your uh, visual on this app, Clubhouse app, you have a hashtag goals. Are you that goal oriented and does that does that permeate everything in your work? Oh, I'm so goal oriented. Uh, my my motto is plan, do, reflect, and uh, I you know I have a bullet journal. I'm a bullet journaler, so I'm constantly making lists, planning out my long term goals, and then you know breaking it down to see how I can get there over time. All right, and that book you recommended one more time. Can you give that to us? Think like a rocket scientist by Ozan Varol. All right. Well, thank you for spending time with us on innovation and audio. And I'm going to ask you to stick around in case a few others might have questions for you after our second interview. In case you haven't picked up on this, we do love to encourage mentors and mentorship on the encouragers. That is our group on the Clubhouse app, which you are on right now. Don't forget to connect with people on the stage, connect with people in the room to, at this event and the other events that we do. I am a strong believer that we are stronger and better together. And uh, hey, you're better with a mentor. If you've not joined this group, the encouragers yet, please do so tonight. You can do that right on the app, of course. Share our group and our Wednesday night live event, which is our new event, the one you're listening to right now, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, called Innovation and Audio, specifically with your friends, especially those in the business of audio, but anybody that appreciates um, uh, change, innovation, how difficult and how challenging and how exciting that that can be. By the way, did you know that you can also uh, nominate others to enjoy it, it, to actually join the encouragers right on your screen. Please do this tonight, and uh, your friends will have an opportunity to discover encouragement for those who love audio and innovation or both. We are recording this event as potentially our first ever. Um, podcast for this subject. It'll be the Encouragers podcast. And so we're kind of looking forward to that coming out as well and hope you'll join us for that. Now I get to turn my attention to something really interesting where I get to sit back and listen to a great interview and uh, another great guest. Skip, how are you doing? Hey, I'm doing good tonight, man. Hope everyone's uh, well, and thanks so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. Uh, very excited to have uh, Otis Osho with us tonight. He has a stellar career and, and recently uh, left iHeart and has started his own uh, Osho Media. And uh, Otis, how are you tonight, man? I'm doing great. I'm excited to be here. Thank you so much. Good. So good to have you. Now, I was looking over your uh, bio. I mean, you've got a lot of experience. Uh, you've done the on-air thing, been an on-air personality. Uh, you have been uh, very much involved in, in programming and running the ship. You've been a music director. You were also an imaging uh, guru. I mean, what's your favorite here? What's, what's been the most intriguing for you as you got going in your career? Yeah, all of them have a special place in my heart. They all have something special that I love about each one. Uh, being a music director and a part of music has probably always been my favorite. Music's always been my heart and soul. I've sang since I could speak. I've got it tattooed on my body. So uh, being with artists, being a part of music on radio, uh, you know, putting it on the air, creating with music, sitting with artists to hear about their creation process. That's what gives me total life uh, from the radio industry and my absolute favorite thing to do. Uh, so I'd say music director is probably my baby. Aside from there's nothing beat that beats being in the studio with your listeners, creating on the fly on the radio that the studio is my home. So. 
definitely cool. So tell me a little bit about the call letters you've uh, uh, encountered through your career. Give us a little bit about your career trajectory and, and how it led you to where you are today. Uh, I knew from senior year of high school that radio was kind of my outlet for music. As I said before, music was my, my heart and soul. Uh, I wanted to be a vocalist, a singer, but my mom wanted me to have a more practical uh, approach at life. So uh, I kind of fell into radio. Uh, we talked about mentoring earlier. Uh, they, we had a mentor program at our high school, and uh, they were like, what jobs would you like to do? We want you to go there for a day in shadow and see if you like it. I went to a morning show in Peoria, Illinois, and the bug was set that day. Uh, so I knew I wanted to go to college, went to Illinois State University in Bloomington, Illinois, for communications, broadcasting, radio, TV. Uh, and they have a student-run radio station at the university, so that was exciting. I was like, yes, going to be a part of that the minute I can. Uh, and then uh, sophomore year of college, uh, there's a, an amazing radio station uh, WBNQ that is in Bloomington, Illinois, that I started at, uh, still an awesome station. We had the dream team of on-air personalities when I was just a, a baby jock following Russell Rush around, who is at KXXM in San Antonio right now, soaking up every bit of amazingness that he had to spill my way. Uh, that's where I began my radio career at BNQ. I didn't have my first I was under Tony Travato as well, who's in Detroit for iHeart and uh, another amazing mind, another amazing innovator. Um, he, I, I still good friends with him, still good friends with Russell Rush to this day. And that was 20 some years ago. My first full-time radio gig was uh, U93 in South Bend, Indiana, uh, where is, which is where I met my buddy, Bernie Mack, who's on my podcast. We'll talk about a little later on. Uh, spent about four and a half years there went to Wisconsin for a short stint. Came back to U ninety three, and uh, that's where I got the call from Charlotte, North Carolina, and uh, went on to uh, Kiss ninety five point one in Charlotte to work under John Reynolds, and uh, I was there for ten years. It was a long run in Charlotte, which is, still has my heart, one of my favorite cities. And uh, from there, I was assistant program director, afternoons, imaging, music director, all that, and I just kind of got the bug where I was like, you know what, I want a program, I want to do my station. Uh, for the most part there, uh, John let me take the programming reins. Uh, of course he helped guide as it went along, but after a while, I'm, I mean, I was pretty much doing the entire programming process and he had a cake job. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I, I needed my stripes. So that's why I looked around, uh, applied for tons of jobs, got accepted for a few, had to turn down a couple and finally, uh, landed on. Uh, WDJX in Louisville, Kentucky, where I programmed that station for about two years was afternoons. Uh, it, that was an interesting situation because my OM was also my morning show host, Ben Davis. So much love to that guy. Uh, it, it was weird that half the day I was his boss. The other half of the day, he was my boss. And uh, But I, I think we did well in creating with that radio station because it's a winning station. And I have a lot of pride in in what it was when I was there because they were already winning when I came in. So all I had to really do was maintain, but I decided that wasn't enough. And I really like busted, butt, worked as hard as I could to find a way to take number one to another number one, a higher number one, and uh, still put some of the uh, highest ratings on the board that, that DJX ever seen, had ever seen when I was there for two years. Um, 
And then uh, from there, uh, I wasn't even searching really, but I got a call. Um, my Most of my stint in my radio career was top 40 radio, but I got a call from country radio and Brian Michael in Atlanta uh, for 94.9 The Bull, WBL, which he talked about Angie Ward earlier. She's, she's amazing. Um, so I went to WBL, got the, I was there for about four and a half years. And as of this past December was a part of the uh, iHeart Cuts. So that brings me to, to where I'm at now. And uh, I had to innovate myself and create my own new brand uh, using the skills and, and things that I learned along the way in the path of radio and, and figure out how I could monetize in different streams and utilize the skills that I had. Sure. That's where I'm at now. That's great. I was reading a recent article about uh, two weeks ago that estimates 4 million people have actually quit their jobs this year as we've moved, started to move out of this pandemic. Um, you know, tell me a little bit about the transition from employee to employer um, and, and where your head is at uh, and, and maybe some lessons you learned uh, dealing with this pandemic over the past 15 months. Yeah, I'm, I'm a father of three uh, married and uh the sole breadwinner in the household. So when I got that phone call, uh, yeah, they didn't have the courtesy to bring me into the office to do it because of the pandemic. Uh, it was, it was gut wrenching. Uh, I had a heart stopping moment and I'm not one that sulks like for a long time. I just, it's not in my personality. My first thought is what can I do next? What can I utilize that I have? I know I've got skills. I know I'm important. I know there's, things I can crush. How can I turn this? Of course, um, you know, there's not a ton of jobs early in the year and even still in radio, it narrowed, it narrowed a lot in the pandemic. So finding another radio job didn't seem to be that it didn't seem like it was going to happen. Um, and it's still, still is kind of sketch. Um, I'm still kind of looking to get back into the industry, but thankfully, what I learned most is that, that I can create on my own. I can create revenue and, and different ways of being able to provide for my family uh, as a father on my own by building this kind of audio company that I have. It, it all started with the podcast that me and my friend Bernie had been talking about for quite some time. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. I got time now. I've got a studio at my house, you know, cause everybody had to build one of those in the pandemic. And uh, we started doing the podcast. It was something that, just kind of fell out of the air because we always got on the phone like weekly and just had the longest conversations that we laughed and laughed and laughed about. And we're like, why don't we put this on a podcast and laugh and laugh and, and maybe somebody else will enjoy it. And so far it's been growing. It's been doing well. Um, out of that also, uh, I just started finding ways to, uh, I'm an imaging personality. So I, I, I do a lot of imaging for, I did all the imaging for uh, 94 Now the bull in Atlanta and all the other stations that I had worked for as well. So uh, I was like, I hit up, some of my connections through the record industry. I've been doing some production for artists and uh, song production that they have uh, as far as commercial uh, goes, commercials go, um, basically taking new songs, using artist audio and putting it together into a 30, 30, 60 second commercial that they can uh, promote the song with. Um, I've been doing that. Um, that's kind of where the, some of my audio production started. Then that turned into a buddy calling me and it, let me back up for a second and say that I'm a, I'm a very religious, godly man. So when everything kind of fell out, uh, I had a, I was nervous and scared, but I also had a sense of peace about me because I trust that once 
a door has closed that God has another plan. And maybe it's not the plan that you thought, but something's coming that he has planned. And, and I trust in that, uh, that plan a lot. And it's all of a sudden things started coming at me that I hadn't even jumped for some of the stuff I did. But uh, my buddy calls me out of nowhere and he's like, I wrote a book last year, which I had already read. He's like, I want to do the audio book. So I think it's really cool that Jen is on here because uh, I have five books now on Audible uh, because of my buddy asking me like, hey, join ACX.com and, and I want you to record my book. And then being on there, uh, I also started getting requests and I'm still getting requests from other books uh, to record. And then uh, aside from that, uh, talk to Jeff at Sheet Happens. I'm also utilizing my uh, prep abilities to create show prep and things for Sheet Happens. That's another avenue uh, of revenue that I've found. I've found some local mom and pop stations close that he needed an imaging director. And now I'm doing imaging for him. Uh, that sort of fell out of the sky and was like in the perfect lane because I'm in Georgia. He's in Georgia. Uh, and just all these different revenue streams all kind of came in over the last couple months and created this Osho media that I had always kind of thought working for myself would be cool and doing voiceover work. I'm also voicing uh, YouTube channels uh, through uh, Upwork as well. So there's, there's all these websites that I discovered having to look and, and innovate myself. Uh, and, and it has helped me kind of build my own company to a point where I can actually pay my bills by myself. I don't necessarily need corporate radio to help me do that. That's a beautiful thing too. And and I wanted to, to stick with podcast, go back to podcasting for a second, because it's captivated everybody. And, you know, if you go to a quarterly earnings call for any company, the CEO is always bragging about we're headed towards the top in podcasting. So where are we now yeah. in the podcast universe and where is it headed? Uh, I think podcasting is tough. As Jen said earlier, it's there's so much out there that it's hard to get into those recommended things uh, where people are finding you out of nowhere. Um, even promoting on social media and things is tough. Uh, but I think it, it's exciting to know that podcasting is becoming so huge. It's exciting to know that apps like Clubhouse are becoming so big and growing because that to me tells me that people love audio and they're coming to find audio in different places. Um, I think podcasting is, is going to stick around for a while. I don't think it's a fad. I think that it's giving people the ability to, to really do their own thing and create these shows without some huge production budget, without having to throw a ton of money at it. You can do it pretty cheap, start it out. And if you catch fire, it's a huge revenue stream. So I, I, I just am excited for the future of podcasting and, and where it's headed. And That's cool. Well, I mean, you know, it, it, it's interesting. I mean, radio uh, is in the midst of kind of a streaming audio revolution, you know, from, you know, what we've, we've been dealing with with smartphones probably since 2007 when the iPhone launched. We have smart speakers constantly running. Uh, you know, I hear uh, all kinds of imaging on stations across the country saying, hey, ask your smart speaker to play. You've got the connected car, which continues to get everybody's uh, attention, especially at the National Association of Broadcasters and, and other organizations, because, uh, you know, radio's becoming a little crowded there on the uh, dial of all kinds of options and hotspots in cars. Mm -hmm. And, how do you think radio can continue uh, to cut through? And have we 
really uh, done ourselves a disservice by by cutting so much local product and and, and personalities and talent and uh, uh, back office uh, from uh, local operations. I think so. Yes, uh, I still believe that local personality uh, driven radio is always going to beat these other realms of of audio. A radio has made it through a lot of different revolutions of entertainment and it's always stuck around and i think it will remain but it's got to innovate itself in in being more on demand i think uh i reference pk and denise who did the mornings at power in atlanta they got cut the same time i did for my heart but uh they the the minute they got cut they they said let's let's hop on a podcast let's make an on-demand morning show that people can go after uh when they want it they could you don't have to listen to it 6 to 10 a.m if you miss it you can listen to it 3 to 5 p.m you can listen to it 7 to 10 p.m at night if you want to click up and listen to the podcast now i think they've got to get all the music rights and things like that down uh, spotify's doing it a little bit in order for a true radio show to be on demand but i i think the way television has shown us that people's uh, habits are turning is they don't want to wait for stuff they don't want to have to be somewhere when you tell them to be there. They want to do it when they want to do it. Uh, and, and I think if radio can capture the on-demand thing, if they can be in the digital world and be ready for these cars that already have apps all over their dashboard, um, I, I still see so many radio stations who have the crappiest app. Uh, it doesn't work half the time. Uh, they don't know how to integrate the the commercial product to it. They don't know how to monetize it. And so sometimes they ignore it, a- acting like that, well, that's just something else that we have to do. Whereas that's not the something else. That's the future that you should be chasing down. Now, there are some great companies that do it well. I think iHeart does it really well. Uh, I think Odyssey is on its way there. It's heading towards that realm. And that's why they're doing that. Um, so I think that radio really needs to focus on being the being able to be on demand. Uh, I think creating an on-demand show uh, is is the future. Yeah, no, I definitely uh, can get that. So with all of the changes in, in radio and the pandemic certainly uh, did not help us in terms of uh, the furloughs and layoffs we've seen, what advice would you give to a college student uh, that uh, believes in radio, wants to break in? Uh, you know, where, where would you send them? What would you tell them? I would still go back to almost exactly how I did it, uh, which is find a mentor, find somebody that's in the industry that will allow you to just kind of walk on their heels and learn, 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 learn. See, there, there's a, I feel like uh, of late, I've had, I've seen a lot of newcomers come in and not be as willing to do free stuff. You know, what else can I do? I don't, you don't have to pay me. I just want to be here. Uh, I think that attitude's still important. That's that's the way I came in, and and I didn't get paid for a lot of stuff I did early on uh, when I was learning. I'm sorry. Uh, no, I said tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> I I think we've lost a little bit of that mentality. Uh, I would say do that. I would also say with the podcasting world being what it is, start a podcast. You know, spend the money on some cheap equipment. You don't even have to get the the expensive stuff. Uh, ask somebody that is in the industry, like, what can I start with? So a lot of times you can just get a microphone that hooks to your laptop and start a podcast. It doesn't have to be amazing quality, but just start 
a podcast with a friend that will get your communication skills built. That'll kind of get you in the idea of what kind of radio show you want to do. Uh, that will give you the practice that you're probably not going to get at radio stations these days, which I had, which was a Saturday afternoon shift or a Sunday morning shift. Um, it, it, podcasting is where you're going to kind of cut your teeth nowadays. I feel like unless you get lucky and have some mom and pop station at a small city that you can weasel your way into. Uh, but I would say just start a podcast and, and, and break your teeth in, get, bust your chops and, and chase somebody down that really has been in the industry and can kind of help give you some, uh, guidance and, and some connections. And, and I think radio is really about those connections. So if you can make a lot of those on your way up, you're going to do well. So Otis, I want to make sure everyone has your contact information that they need a demo, they need information on your services. Um, we're going to have you, of course, stick around for questions. We can give everyone your uh, contact information. Yes. Uh, you can find me on um, Instagram at Otis underscore Osho, Twitter at Otis Osho. Uh, Facebook is at Otis Osho as well. Um, email is otispoolpd at gmail.com. Otis, O-T-I-S, poolpd at gmail.com. Uh, this is Weird is my podcast. You can find that on, uh, the link is on my Instagram, um, at this weird pod on all the socials. Uh, we've got a Facebook page too. It's uh, This is Weird, and uh, that's just, one I do with my buddy Bernie and it's a lot of fun. So I'd like people to check it out and give us feedback and see if you enjoy it. We just, we do it for fun and, and laugh. So you can connect with me on all that stuff. Well, that's, that's great. Well, Otis, listen, it's been a, a, a just a pleasure tonight and Godspeed on, on your efforts. If you stick around for a few minutes, I'm going to hand it back to Lloyd. We'll answer a few questions and, uh, you know, continue this thing for a few more minutes. Lloyd, it's all yours, man. All right. So, so let me kind of, kind of summarize where we are here. I never expected Otis to come on and talk about having books on audible. Now there's like a <laughs> little connection there. I like that, right? Listen, if you have questions for our guests tonight, now is the time. If you haven't hit the raise your hand button at the bottom of your phone on this app, you can do it right now and we'll bring you right up on the stage so that you can be here. Be sure that you do mute your mic when you come up on the stage because, um, well, let's just say that uh, there are still audio challenges that uh, take place on clubhouse we are recording this event this live event is being recorded for inclusion in a podcast we are about to launch called ironically enough the encouragers podcast again a big thank you to joe kelly and just joe for doing tonight's test run it's going to be very interesting and we think that these kinds of events should be heard on demand kind of another thing that otis talked about a little bit radio needs to get in gear in terms of making more on-demand things available this live event you're hearing right now is likely to be our first podcast episode of the podcast called the encouragers podcast so just kind of hang out for that now we have a couple of people who already have some, some questions. questions i'm going to start with emerson if that's all right and emerson do you have a question for somebody on our panel i do thank you so much lloyd and skip for having me on your stage i really appreciate it and to otis and jen i just want to introduce myself i'm emerson i was a top 40 dj before i pivoted hard into K-pop, yes, all things Korean pop music. I love it. I live and breathe it. I'm here in New York, and I have my show um, on FM, so I'm very excited about it. So my question for Jen is, 
um, Gen Z is very, very, very global. Like they just, you know, because of social media where there's not any boundaries and YouTube where there's no borders. Um, where do you see Audible going in that new landscape of Gen Z who's very uh, worldly, not just, you know, uh, centric based on their own culture? That is a really great question. Uh, th thanks for uh Thanks for asking. Um, so it's funny because I have a I have a, a child who's 18 years old now and doesn't watch TV, doesn't listen to the radio, spends all of her time on YouTube and, you know, watching or rather listening to uh, YouTubers, YouTubers. Um, and it's it's I think, you know, part of us bringing podcasts into what was a traditionally, you know, audio book space is, uh, you know, an effort, I think, towards helping connect, you know, that that next generation to where they're at. Right. Um, and I'm excited to see, you know, some of the other things in the originals, you know, that are geared towards that generation as well. Um, I think there's a there's a lot to come in that space. OK, so Bernie, do you have a question for somebody on our panel? Uh, yeah, my question is for Otis. Um, can you talk a little bit more about how talented and attractive your co-host on the podcast is? <laughs> this, this is Bernie, uh, who's on the This Is Weird uh, podcast. And he is uh, he, he's out of Cincinnati, has a morning show that is syndicated and just a, a super awesome talent. And uh, he's he's got a lot of knowledge and, and amazing. Tell, so he, you should get him on one of these. Tell these people please, how much I, <laughs> how much I carry you on the show. hundred <laughs> percent. Oh yeah, for sure. If you've listened to the podcast, you will see how much uh, Bernie contributes to the entire thing. It's, uh, I mean, uh, I, I'm just riding coattails. That's all <laughs> I had. You, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> very, very good. And uh, we have somebody on here who, uh, was a spectacular guest just a few weeks ago. Rune, uh, would you tell everybody where you are, what you do, and then <laughs> I know that you have a question for somebody on this panel. Yeah, yeah, sure, I do. I'm in Copenhagen, Denmark, so uh, pretty different time zone than, than uh, probably the most of you. It's 2 o'clock in Copenhagen, and, uh, well, anyway, my question is to Otis, uh, and it's sort of regarding the, the difference between being a podcast host or producer and, uh, and and being a radio host, I've, I've, I've as, as some of you know, I've, I've I've worked in both fields, and I I'm just curious to know how would you sort of describe the difference between sort of the skill set that you 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 you're talking about getting on somebody's heels and working together with somebody and and sort of learning learning curve uh, being a pod, uh, radio host, and then you pivoted into into podcasting. How would you describe the differences in, in the skill sets that you developed uh, in, in that? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, there's uh, there's a lot of similarity, but there is a lot of difference, too. So I was an afternoon personality for the most part. I did some morning shows, so I had some long form talk experience. But most of my experience in radio is that I need to talk for like seven to 15 seconds. If I'm going into a break, maybe 45 seconds uh, and make the thought happen within that time frame. The podcast is long form and it's expansive. So me and Bernie, we can just literally have the fun, long conversations that we were having on a telephone uh, that 
were hilarious to us and we're just laughing along. We're not constrained by any time frame. I don't have any program director that's going to hotline me or email me immediately after the break and tell me that it was way too long and I should have gotten to the point faster. Uh, so that's the the main difference in it, I think. Uh, yeah, but there's, but that's there's sort of, less constraints in podcasting. Yeah, I get it, but but that's sort of like um, sort of the the structural um, dynamics of the thing. But but I'm talking more. I'm asking more about the skill set. You know, uh, on being being on air, being really able to to sort of deliver a quick point, as as you say, in 45 seconds, 30 seconds, 15 seconds, whatever, mm-hmm. and and then the other skill set being able to interact with a co-personality or guest or listeners, you know, and, and, and sort of constructing narratives over time or whatever you're doing, it could maybe elaborate a little bit on, on did you learn anything going into that or, or how would you describe that? Um, I, I, so there's a definitely I, I, a, I can address this just a little bit and just saying that, look, I have learned over the years, I'm sure Skip would back me up on this. It takes a very special skill set to really crackle and come out of a speaker for a radio talent, for a morning show, for somebody in afternoons, for somebody who really performs on the radio. Like sometimes you can't take somebody from television, put them on radio. They won't worth their darn. Okay. Uh, I'm sure that also moving over into podcast and Otis can kind of talk a little bit more about this the skill sets that are needed over there uh some of them are social they are they're just and some of them are the storytelling thing that jen was talking about earlier as well would you agree yeah so i would say storytelling uh i'm still uh upping that skill i'm still learning more a little bit about that i mean radio is a lot of storytelling but it's like i said earlier a little more short form storytelling and interviewing uh being a good interviewer is tough uh, not everybody's a Jimmy Fallon when they interview somebody. If you can, if you can watch the Jimmy Fallon, the Jimmy Kimmel's, and how they approach the interview, where it doesn't feel like you're just throwing questions at people, that I think is a skill set that I continuously try to work on and get better at, and something that in a podcasting realm is a needed um, skill because I, I think that that makes your podcast that much more engaging. Uh, Jen mentioned the storytelling earlier. She, that's what a lot of people are going to podcasts for. And that's why the murder podcasts are so massive is because it's such good storytelling. There's so much drama in the story. And if the host is amazing at bringing you the information without it sounding like a laundry list, that is where the magic is in the podcasting world. That's Whereas correct. radio, yeah, whereas radio is more, how can I make the person that's sitting in traffic listening to my show right now connect with me on a personal level? Podcasting, I think, is more of that storytelling aspect where you connect. And uh, you're, it's, I, don't, I don't think it's quite as personal as a radio station, which Lloyd had mentioned earlier. I think that's a really, a really, really good point. But I think, you know, um, I've been, as I, as I said, working with both medias. And, and uh, one of the things I'm, I'm sort of um, trying to say to the people in the radio business that I'm, that I'm working with is that, you know, the the conversation skills that that you that you develop with guests at least I know not in not in the really short breaks but when you have guests on the show, you know that conversation skill set can actually you know you can pivot as a host as a Correct. you know as you can pivot and you can actually elaborate on that skill set and sort of say how am I able you maybe not you know the, the things that you're talking about the the true crime dramas the the edited um, 
and narratives they're really really um, difficult they take a lot of um, uh, resources to, to actually build and build in a good way but what radio actually has is, is actually what you're talking about the connection with the listener and the connection with the guest and the and the, and the good conversation and and I, I just believe that you know there is something that you know almost all really good radio personalities have which is this ability and that can sort of you know be developed into a general uh, podcasting skill and and it's sort of it's sort of connected um, and so i'm just saying the conversation is actually a really 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 valuable item that most uh, or the ability to create great conversation is a really valuable uh, asset that most uh, radio uh, personalities ho uh, hold that they can use if they want to pivot into into podcasting. And it does sound like you're talking about companionship, which is a huge, yeah, huge exactly. advantage exactly. that radio has. And that conversation thing, the other thing that you might be thinking about there is just how lonely most people are. We don't say it. Everybody Even some guests. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> so, so listen, uh, we do try to keep this to just about an hour. I'm going to sneak in one more question for Jen Lee, if that's okay. And it's just because I'm so darn curious about this. Jen, does Audible have an A&R team? You know, somebody that looks into talent in social media spaces, things like Clubhouse that are developing. Uh, how do they handle that kind of thing? Or is is that something that is in your area of expertise? So we 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 do have a content team, and you know their you know part of their their mission is to find new and great talent. Um, it's it's a little bit outside of my space, but I do intersect with them periodically. And you know I think one of our missions at Audible is to elevate voices, you know, and not just the loudest voices, you know, underrepresented voices and, you know, voices that deserve to be heard. Nice. So interesting to have you on the show. I do want to thank Jan, Jen Lee for uh, spending some time with us away from Audible. And she does sound like somebody who is setting goals all the time and working all the time, like many of us do. Also, Otis Osho from Osho Media in Atlanta for being an excellent guest tonight. Thank you to Skip Dillard for creating this event and being an excellent co-host. Don't forget to come back on Mondays, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific for the Radio Rally and Wednesdays. 7 p.m., 4 p.m. Pacific for Innovation and Audio. Get updates anytime on our guest schedules as we update them in real time at RainmakerPathway.com. Share the encouragers on Clubhouse with your radio and audio friends next Wednesday, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific on Innovation in Audio. We will have Phil Garini, who is the CEO of the Jonas Group. I guarantee you that's going to be very, very interesting. And Scott Fisher with Scott Fisher Productions will be here. Thank you for being a part of this event. Thank you for coming and being an encourager. Be kinder than you have to be. And good night. Thank you, guys. Thank you.